Hi, and welcome to Real Trail Talk. I am Donovan D'Souza from The Long Ways Better. And I'm Mark Pybus from The Life of Pi. Welcome to episode 87. As you've probably already seen, we're back on the Mundabiddy and joining us after a very lengthy absence from doing this, it's Aaron. Welcome, everyone. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Uh, And amazingly, this is the first time we've had Aaron in, even though I've often referred to him as the Samwise Gamgee (laughs) (laughs) to Mark's Frodo. (laughs) Well, I think you're mentioned on the website and you probably feature quite a few times that like people might know you if they see you in the street. That doesn't sound like a great thing. Yeah. Like you appear regularly on the Bibbleman Bites newsletter in the photo (laughs) section (laughs) because I've given photos to them over the years and... They're like one with people in them, so yeah. yeah. I think particularly early on in the life of Pi, like you were very often like the character in the stories that Mark had, and I used to always love when you had the fluoro coloured stuff just to annoy him. <laughs> I still enjoy the fluoro pack covers and tried to bust it out as much as I could on the Monday Biddy, but yeah, nice. It didn't go down well. No, I feel like you did it out of spite um, coming into this last or penultimate day. Um, when it did start to rain and then you just like, I'm just going to keep it on. I don't care. Maybe once or twice. It was easier to leave it on and upset you than it was to try and pack it away and bring it out later. So, yeah. 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 All right. So, the topic we are talking about is Denmark to Albany, which is the final day on the Mundabiddy. Um, some people have a bit of trepidation on this because it is 75 Ks, but it is some of the flattest riding you'll get. Yeah, definitely. I think this is one that a lot of people think, oh, maybe it's going to be too long, but... It's probably easier than some days that are only like 40Ks. Yeah. So to put it into perspective, it's 430 to about 450 vertical meters over that 75Ks. And most days of about 30 to 40Ks, you're looking in the four, five, 600 meter range. So double the length and about the same elevation. So the reason for this is because you're mostly following rail trails and the coastal sections. So you've dropped right down to basically sea level at Denmark. Aaron, what did you think of Denmark as a town? Denmark as a town was good. We had a a rest day there, which was nice after putting in some big Ks the day before. Um, Somebody maybe promised pizza that night to try and get us through that that long day. We were then disappointed when we did not find the pizza shop was open that night. So yeah. other than that, Denmark was great. It wasn't a lie, right? It was, it was just like <laughs> a, a, an unfortunate circumstance, It right? was unfortunate, yes. So yeah. The pizza shop did exist. It, it was still there. They were just closed that night, as was most of Denmark, because I think they had an AGM from memory. Yeah, the second night they had the AGM. The first night, it was just nothing was open, apart from the Indian place. Mm. Um, and, yeah. the IGA, and the IGA, where we made some lovely bread rolls instead of having pizza. Yeah. <laughs> This is good. This is good. Um, so leaving Denmark, you ride along the river, which is the Mokari Heritage Trail. Um, very nice. It's like the carry trees through there, the river. It's a very pleasant scene. Yeah. It's it's a weird thing here because it's like multiple trails nested within each other like a babushka doll. Mm. Like it's, you know, it's the Mokari Heritage Trail and then it's the Wilson Inlet Heritage Trail and the Mundabidi and they're all the same trail, really, through here, but they just are shorter bits mm. of the whole. And it's one of this is like a thing that I think WA likes to do. And it, it, it's sort of this in this particular instance, it's not really their fault because one trail came first, and then another trail came, and then another trail came. But it also kind of means that you can say we have three trails here when there really is just the one. 
Yeah, I completely forgot about the Wilson Inlet Heritage Trail until I saw a picture today. And I was like, oh, and I was like, oh, wait, it's probably just that short section leading um, east out of town. But yeah, it is super pleasant riding. It's old rail form. The Denmark River Bridge, just amazing views looking out to the inlet. Mm. And then you've got all those little shelters along the way mm. as you go, which, I mean, we were separated at this point, weren't we? Because you dashed on ahead. Yeah, didn't spend as much time at the bridge as, as I think you probably did. But yeah, stopped yeah. and had a good look, got the GoPro out, and then yeah, took off and made, made, made some uh, kilometres up, knowing you would probably catch me up soon. Yeah, which didn't end up being the case. I'm like, I'm just going to stop at every shelter and wander down <laughs> and have a look. Um, so yeah, it was a lonely start to the day, but there's some pretty cool stuff along there. Like you mm. go down to the river and some of them are intact, some of them aren't. Yeah, there's one where they've just like cut the roof off and it's a look like a lookout yeah, platform. That one's weird. What one's, what's that one called? Like Bandicoot something? Something. It's the one that's at the point. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. all have names and... Some of them are a bit obscure as to what they mean. Yeah. I mean, if you're umming and ahhing about visiting, just do it anyway because it is a fairly easy day. Um, mm. And you do get cool views of the inlet as you go forward. I should say, though, that these are not shelters you can stay at. No. <laughs> not officially, anyway. Like, And they make it very difficult for you to stay at them as well. Like, There's no way you can set up. Like, There's no platforms. There's nothing there to make it convenient because I think mm. this is something that a lot of Bibbleman track hikers think about oh maybe we can walk around the inlet and we can stay at these shelters but they're not a bibbleman track shelter yeah um so yeah, as you make your way around the inlet we had a really good morning because it was really cloudy and it just felt like new zealand like flat water the long white clouds never visited new zealand but like the photos that i've seen <laughs> just reminded me of new zealand that's exactly something that i felt it reminded me a lot of the able tasman because you often look out and you see like an inlet kind of space when mm. you're on the Abel Tasman Trail. So, yeah, I think that's quite apt. Awesome. I'll take that. <laughs> um, and then you get into like nice peppermint forest. Mm. And it's a bit of a change from the inlet. Um, the peppermints, like you do ride through them in places, but being on the coast, they're more prevalent. Really enjoyable through here. And you ran into a couple of young guys who were in a fair bit of trouble doing an end-to-end here. Yeah, they, I think from memory they were, they'd taken off two weeks and they were going to try and smash the whole thing out in that in that two-week space. I'd see they, they'd got through 30Ks the day before in jeans and a bag of fruit, basically, and there I saw them on day two and they got dropped off that day and they were taking off again. I'm like, um, yeah, stopped for a while, had a really good chat with them, but yeah, I'm not sure how far they would have made it on that second day. Yeah. So were they starting from Albany and this was like their start their, near the beginning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd started in Albany the day before. They managed to get about 25, 30 Ks in from memory, maybe not even that, and then got picked up and taken home to rest that night and then came back the next day and yeah they were like how far you've done i'm like yeah we're about to finish today (laughs) so it was it was a different different tale from our end uh heading heading down to albany but yeah hopefully they uh managed to soldier on and get going but i didn't have much hope for him with uh in jeans and a nice woolen jumper it didn't seem to be the riding riding apparel of choice so it's look like it's not like walking where you can just like keep going and then just camp like riding like once you hit the wall it's really hard to recover like your muscles just say no more Mm. whereas walking you kind of like hobble along so i'm not sure they would have got too much further (laughs) than where they were so yeah and then kind of you reach the the farmland slash carry mixture that is a, a highlight of this day 
um, leading towards the highway crossing, which is, it's not great that there's a highway crossing, especially with the, the Hay River Bridge there, mm. but it's kind of necessity given you have to cross all these rivers and inlets and whatnot. Yeah, and I, I think there's the, a massive developmental opportunity here, and the the problem is that the the trail basically follows, and I, I forgot to mention it among the three other trails that this is, the Denmark Nornalup Heritage Trail as well, um, basically continues up to the Hay River because that's the boundary of the Shire of Denmark and Albany. So when you reach the river, there's just nothing else. that Like Albany have, haven't gone, oh, we're going to extend the, the rail trail on the other side. And as a result, it's this is this really clear delineation and the trail that occurs after you cross the highway is awful. Um, and it's a real shame because the rail corridor exists, but nothing's been done with it. And this is something that I would really love to see them improve because you go basically go this massive loop around um, for no reason other than that, then this is just the convenient way to go. Mm. I mean, it's not a bad ride. Like, you're on road, so it's not perfect, but the forest is quite nice for the first bit, and you get views of the Hay River if you take a couple of the side trips off. Yeah. It's just, yeah, like you just keep turning right, and you're like, where are we going? <laughs> like, why? Yeah. It's basically going on three sides of a rectangle rather than the one. Mm. So, like, if A and B, and you went, oh, well, I'm going to go all the way around. So, that that bit's not great, I think. Mm. There was a bit of a hill in the middle as well. <laughs> I was going to ask, did you guys have like a massive puddle when you went through? Yeah. So I caught up to, actually I got passed by a pea plater and she was driving along the road. And I think she made it through one puddle and then I saw her stopped a bit further on and she was unloading the car and I think she was calling mum or dad to come pick her up because <laughs> she couldn't make it through that second puddle. Um, but yeah, we, had, we both had to ride on the like very edge that was raised up above the road. Okay. Otherwise, I'm not sure we would have got through there dry. Because I rode this probably one or two days after you guys finished, and I went through the puddle, and my bike was fully <laughs> submerged, <laughs> which is not great because it's an electric bike. I think, actually, there were a f couple of puddles we had to go through, but there were some bigger ones closer to the bridge that were quite bad. Hmm. Yeah, so once you finish the big loop, you kind of run parallel to the highway and there's that really nice section of single trail. There's all those little bridges that you cross over um, and then onto Young Siding. Yeah, and that's and that's all rail trail. Like, that's all actually the same corridor as the Denmark Nornalup. So it shows to me that it can be done, that, mm. you know, we can link this up if we really have the will to do it. Because, mm. I mean, there are a couple of those unnecessary loops today. You could probably cut out maybe 20Ks all up. Yeah. If you really wanted to, but maybe in the future. And um, But we stopped at Young Siding, which is a nice little general store there. I think we picked up some lollies and some drinks. Yeah, and from memory, I think we stopped with some ice cream and maybe even saw a postie who was struggling that day after trying oh, to get around the day before. That's right. Yeah. We saw her a couple of times on this day. So yeah. we were kind of like following her route. That was, yeah, that's right. Yeah, a couple of yeah. A couple of hours later, she, we managed to find her at a farm, dropping off some more uh, some more packages, and gave us a wave from memory. But yeah, mm. yeah, there was uh, certainly plenty of puddles around. But yeah, to actually see a uh, general store and pop in and have a, a, a chat with the uh, with the with the storekeeper and mm. grab some supplies was nice. Because he was the guy that we talked to about the water 
and the flooding and everything that had occurred that winter because I was a bit worried that we weren't going to be able to do some of it because it was going to be washed away but yeah apparently it was all fine mm-hmm. but this does kind of like bring up a lot of road riding issues on this day yeah um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing depending on the day but I wouldn't want to be doing this on like a weekend where it's probably going to be a bit busier yeah, unfortunately through here, so the rail as it used to exist basically went from Denmark along the along what's now the highway, turned down Young Siding, and then the lower Denmark road was the railway line itself. Mm. So where what's happened here is that there's nowhere else for them to put it in a lot of places. So where it's just a lot of road riding, they've gone, oh, we'll just take you on this huge loop around somewhere else. Mm. But yeah. Which happens after Young Siding, you go on this other loop, so you turn off onto Lake Sade Road, which if you rearrange that, it's Lake Sadie. And you go all the way up to a sign for the Nullakai Mine, and someone had painted a big, uh, not appreciation, but uh, their thoughts on what the mine should do. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was a big piss-off, like, spray-painted on there. Um, And you're actually not too far from Nalakai Campsite on the bib, Hmm. um, which is, like, it's such a disconnect this day between the Denmark to Albany um, Billman section. Absolutely. Because here you're inland quite a lot, and you don't get to see the ocean, whereas, like, you're pretty much connected with the ocean a lot on the bib. Um, which is a missed opportunity, I think, for the Mundabidi. Not yeah, to see definitely. the ocean on the, the final day at all, I don't think. Not unless you count the inlet riding Well, the that's ocean. the thing. Is it's <laughs> yeah. two inlets and a, a sound. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I probably wouldn't want to ride up onto those dunes, but around the wind farm, I think they could probably take it up there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're kind of riding around on roads and then you get onto some single trail bordering some farms mm. and then loop back via Tennessee Road, Tennessee South Road. South, of, yeah. 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 Um, it's kind of like just meandering around. It doesn't really feel like you're going anywhere. I, I don't mind this. So I, the first time I did this, I got lost. Uh, I didn't miss, take the turn onto the single track and I went onto the next road down. And the thing about that was it got me really thinking about how disconnected it is from the coastline because that road has side tracks that, that actually lead to the ocean. Mm. And I was like, oh, if only they maybe made it at an extra day and it went that way, then this would, would make sense. Mm. But uh, I, one of the things I'll say is I really like the Cary Forest, uh, you know, the views of that with the farmland. I'm mm. glad that there's the islands of Cary amongst it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in terms of farmland, I think this is the best farmland riding because you Definitely. just get like really sweeping views and like knowing that Albany is like right there kind of makes it a little bit better. It's not just all this cleared land in the middle of nowhere that used to be forest. And you remember we saw the sheep and we were watching them for a little bit and like one wasn't moving and then it dawned on us like, oh, that, yeah, that red near there is probably not a good sign. <laughs> it was yeah, so it took, took, took a little while for that painting to drop, but yeah, eventually uh, when it did drop, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is not a this is not a pleasant place." Yes, mum like wasn't mum sleep wasn't happy. Yeah, mum was like nudging it, and the other lamb was like around. I was like, "Oh no!" I just thought like it was just having a snooze, but it's having a long snooze. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, then you cross Lower Denmark Road again and join another little rail trail section um, through some pretty swampy areas and then onto the, the hills of the day. And I mm. say hills in inverted commas because they're not that big. Yeah. Again, they kind of loop around, but I don't mind because the it's really lovely riding these sort of back streets that are lined with carry and then you just get, you know, views of endless fields. Mm. So this is where you had booked accommodation, Aaron, and were quite, not keen, but you kind of suggested maybe we split this day into two. Yeah, early doors, it was like, oh, 75 k's, there's no way we're going to get through that. So mm. that was uh, in the back of the mind, the Airbnb was booked, maybe we could... Uh, have a night there and then enjoy a, a short ride on, on, on the final day. But in the end, yeah, and despite uh, the length of the day, it isn't actually that scary as Donovan said earlier. It's actually uh, a pleasant day to get through, especially considering the uh, the day we had pulled the day the, the previous day. It was, yeah, it was um, not too bad. 75Ks with uh, not too many hills is uh, not a bad day. Yeah. You were, because the plan was that you were going to like drop some of your gear here. But then we kind of like got here and it was just like, oh, like not really struggling. So what's the point? Yeah, I think as as the as the trip goes on, you sort of you, you're consuming all you've got. The everything gets lighter and lighter. So it's like, oh, do we dump the stove and the and the sleeping bags? And in the end, it's like, nah, it was too much, too much hard work. Let's just keep going. And yeah, there was uh, not that big a day to go, so it wasn't that bad in the end. Mm-hmm. I got excited up here because I was waiting for you at the top of the hill and I saw two riders in the distance. I was like, oh other riders because like you really don't see too many out there and they were going in the direction that we were going i was like oh that's odd um but we caught up to them it was a couple that were just doing i think they were doing denmark to torbay i yeah. believe so we cruised multiple i think they've they, they live local so i think they've done that one many a time so yeah they were just out for their regular yeah ride so we cruised with them for a while you talked to them quite a bit and i was just stopping a lot for photos and we <laughs> yeah. catch up every now and then but probably the theme of the three weeks was you stopping for lots of photos so yeah, yeah. um but yeah so we rode with them all the way into torbay which is kind of more open countryside and you get to see the pronger ups which is pretty cool yeah that's really cool it was about here where I uh, soon realised that I made a rather large mistake as we pulled into Tor- Torbay and they've uh, pulled over and said, enjoy the rest of your ride. And I said, yep, you too. Soon realising that they had just put up to their car. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rode off feeling like a bit of a twat and thought, yep, hopefully, yeah, up there. So that was a, a pleasant way to kick yourself in the guts halfway through the ride, yeah. Uh, we always do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Torbay has a bit of history and there's the community hall there. Mm. Um, the rail obviously went through. There's that cool little creek that you follow for a little bit. Yeah, it looks like it's some kind of man-made diversion or something, but mm. it, it's kind of cool because yeah, the trees have lined and it's got that like um, like a bit of a dam where the water kind of like goes down. So it it looks cool and you know it's a good signpost for people who are heading south that they're near the Torbay Hall. And there's some walk trails in the area as well, which I wasn't aware of. I think they're just like community trails they've put up yeah um, so i might have to return and do some of those in wildflower season because this is a pretty cool day for wildflowers yeah it is throughout. um and from here you're basically on the torbay rail trail all the way into elica one thing i will say is ignore the sign that says mundabitty that way one kilometer because right. you took that trail didn't you aaron and i was like where has he gone because i you can see pretty straight when you're on the Mundabidi on the rail trail. I was like, he wouldn't have gone that far. 
And then I get out the phone to message you, and then all of a sudden something bumps into my back tire. Yeah, you. somehow I did take that that left and took off, and the next minute I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Turned around, and you were ahead of me. I'm like, well, he's never going to know I'm actually behind him now because that wasn't the case a minute ago. So, yeah, mm. pedaled like crazy to try and find you next to one of those farms and make sure that, yeah, you weren't uh, going off too far without me. So, yeah, managed to track you down eventually. Mm. It's just an odd sign because, like, why would you say the trail's that way one kilometre when you've just come from the trail yeah unless it's like for the road if you're on the road and it's pointing you to Torbay again I don't know it's, I don't it's know. odd <laughs> it's it's a bit like those you know the Bibbulmun track signs that always say you know the Bibbulmun track which passes nearby here mm. and those signs are always on the Bibbulmun track itself they're not yeah. nearby they're on the track <laughs> uh, oh an oddity but yeah the, the rail trail through here is pretty cool because you raised off above the farmland Mm. does seem a bit precarious if it is flooded, but, I mean, we'd received quite a bit of rain that winter, so it would have been flooded Yeah. anyway. So, yeah, I mean, you're just riding basically parallel to Lower Denmark Road. But it's surprisingly nice, like, for, for what it is. You know, when you look at it on the map, you're like, oh, this is going to be crap. Mm. But I've ridden sections of other, you know, other parts of the trail that I thought were less fun than this. It's it's a, just a narrow corridor, and you're so closed in. And there's really nice sections of Sheoak through here. Mm. You have fun like trying to decipher the bridle trail and the cycle trail yes. signs. <laughs> like, why are you going like telling me to go that way one time and then the other way another time? It just yep. seems like the horses got a bum deal that they <laughs> had to go in like the worst parts. Yeah, and it it seems like. No one listens to it, so one side's fully overgrown, yeah. but there's a sign insisting that you must mm. go along through the overgrown trail. <laughs> yeah, that was just odd. Um, but it was cool reaching Alaka. Did you stop in at the tavern there? No, I didn't. Um, I was just wanting to push on because I, I had estimated the time it would take based on my normal riding speed, and this is on an acoustic bike. And I was just like, I'm so far ahead, I might as well just keep going and just go to Albany and have a drink in Albany. <laughs> Finish on your own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we did stop in at the tavern, had a bit of a drink. I think we ordered some hot chips. Some hot chips, chips from memory, yeah. Because it was raining or spitting as we arrived, so it's like we might as well just stop mm. anyway and have a break. And there was that old guy just like smoking out the front on his own. Like at a table, yeah. Just <laughs> keep an eye, yeah. Keep, keep an eye on everyone that wasn't a local, making yeah. sure that they went up to no good. And it was a Friday, and like we just like watched the the locals just rock up in their utes, grab a carton of Emu Export, <laughs> 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 as 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 we sit on uh, plastic picnic chairs wearing yeah. lycra, watching yeah. the whole show go on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but they had like most of them had dogs. That so was cool to see a a nice working dog. Mm. What do you guys think of Elika as a, you know, and I'll say this in the most generous terms, as a trail town? Um, oh, Elika, yeah. So, on like separate from the Elika Tavern, it was a little quaint little town. What the, the funniest thing was that pile of rocks that had get out of my sandwich written on it, <laughs> like in the Hollywood sign kind really? of style. You, did you not see that? I, I don't remember seeing it, no. It was like a big pile of gravel and it just like, they'd put light coloured rocks that just said get out of my sandwich. <laughs> and we spent a while trying to figure out like the meaning of that. Yeah, I don't think we... Yeah. It was like one, of, like many conversations on 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 the ride. It was one of uh, yeah, not much, uh, not much point to the conversation. But yeah, so to decide to decipher it for a while. Actually, the next day, 
I believe that's where I saw uh, Don out on his e-bike going for a ride because we were staying not far from there in our, <laughs> in our Airbnb and just happened to spot a random guy on a bike with with his uh, better half and thought, wait a minute, I know this man. So we uh, <laughs> yeah. soon wound in, wound in the window and gave a shout out. Yeah, it's kind of it was kind of bizarre because we were pulling into town like, hey, it's <laughs> Darren. Yeah, because we we came down for the weekend, just happened to be there um, the same time that these guys finished the trail and and did the reverse. Basically, we we dropped we got dropped off in Albany and drove uh, rode from Albany back to where Alyssa's parents live in Denmark. Yeah, it's not a bad little town, I'd say. I was surprised and impressed that there's like a bike shelter. Out, out the front of the the trailhead, mm. and it is officially you know a trailhead location. So uh, it's it's just a shame that the riding from there to Albany isn't better because it would be such a great like one day return trip if mm. it was a better ride. Yeah. So the bad thing about the ride on there is you're pretty much on or you are on Lower Denmark Road for the best part of four or five kilometers, and there's no hard shoulder to ride on. The only saving grace is that it's fairly flat. So I think we were averaging like 20 to 25 Ks, still fully loaded. And we were lucky in that the last little bit had roadworks in it. So mm. the cars were going at 20, 30 Ks anyway. So it wasn't too big a deal. But yeah, I mean, trucks use that route. People not paying attention. Tourists use Tourists, that route. Yeah. So like it's just a lot of fast, long vehicles. Mm. And as you say, like there's no shoulder, and there's like there's a bit where you have like a railing because there's like a bit of like a water. There's like a, a drain on one side, mm. so there's nowhere for you to go if a car gets too close to you. Yeah. So I think this is of all the things you know, like there's nice to haves with improvements that I think are more to do with just aesthetics, but this is from a safety point of view. I reckon a really crappy part of the trail, and if you're starting from Albany. This is like a really terrible like welcome to the trail. Yeah, because I was looking at it today because I was like, I mean, we'll talk about it just a little bit further on, but I thought the trail went more around Frenchman's Bay and I was trying to today figure out how you could take it there. And just after Ellica, there's actually a road that splits off that. You could then ride along that and then connect up to where it goes now. So I'm not sure why that isn't the official route. Mm. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's not great riding. You just get it over with as quick as you can. Yeah, I think that the fastest I've ever ridden on my e-bike, which is going way above the speed limiter, was along here because I was just like, stuff this. I'm not going to stay on this road for any longer than I have to. Yeah. I think for us it wasn't too bad because at least there was two of us riding at the same time with more of a an object. Yeah, it was a Friday as well, so it wasn't wasn't that bad traffic wise. And as you say, there was roadworks as well to help give you a bit of uh, protection when you did did find that area. So it didn't feel that unsafe. I think I've ridden some of the the roads around Perth on a, on a on a road bike and felt a lot more unsafe than on on that day kind of thing. So yeah, I mean, it, yeah, because I mean, I ride up and down the coast a fair bit, and riding through Cottesloe feels very dangerous at times because you've got cars on one side and parked cars that could have a door flying open at any time. So it's yep. It's mainly just that there's nowhere to go, plus it's country roads, so you never know what people are going to do. I think the only uh, only benefit of riding on those roads that that day is uh, obviously being being in the in, in the town you're in. People know and understand that you are doing the Mundabidi and get a, got a few waves and a few shout outs as we're riding down that road, which was nice to lift the spirits and keep things moving. Yeah, mm. yep. 
No toes, though. That would have been. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I pulled over here because I was like, oh, I'm, I'm early. I think I just want to have a chocolate bar just to give me a bit of energy for the, the last kick in. And someone like pulled up and turned into where I was I was sitting. Mm. And my immediate reaction was just like defensive. <laughs> and it was Alyssa's cousin. <laughs> She's like, I know that hairy bearded guy. <laughs> Well, once you do turn off Lower Denmark Road, it is. I think this is a, just a really nice section. Yeah, it's riding through the backcountry roads, carry forest everywhere. It is also the Stidwell Bridle Trail. Yep. So there's a lot of horse, um, like paddocks and properties around here. It must be a pretty nice spot for them to come and and ride. Mm. But just like flowing hills and beautiful like country properties, friendly cows to go say hello to. Yeah, didn't see too many of those, yeah. but yeah. I saw like a lot. They were all by the gate and, you know, they're very inquisitive sort of cows. Cause, you know, you always see either like really defensive cows or inquisitive. Yeah. These were like the, oh, hello yeah. kind of ones. Oh, I forgot to mention on Lake Sadie Road, um, saw some Highland coos. Oh, yeah? The really shaggy ones with the horns. They were pretty cool. Um, but eventually you do all of a sudden just hit Frenchman Bay Road. And that to me was a bit of a shock. So I was like, oh, like we're in Albany. It just doesn't feel like we're just cruising around the countryside. This is Albany. Like I know this bit. And as I said before, like I thought it would have followed the bay a bit further around. But you're pretty much like near the wool stores where you come out. Yep. Which is a bit annoying. But the only way to avoid that is to like go through some unpleasant areas or like ride past the prison, which is not great. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Jen was waiting. She intercepted us and was quite proud that she did that. Yeah, she'd come down uh, that morning, so she was uh, staying in, in Albany for the weekend. So I'd, I'd shared the uh, Garmin uh, mapping with her that day, so she was uh, stalking us as you do and was very uh, proud as punch when she managed to spot us and give us a wave as we were riding riding on towards Albany and then, yeah, took off and met us, in, met us at the finish line. But yeah, she was uh, well happy with that. Mm. Nice. Yeah, past the wool stores, that's a pretty cool spot in Albany. Yeah. And then cross the railway and road, and you've got one final hill to get up, which yeah. is a bit of like, I don't know, it's that like last little push and then you're there. Like you feel like you've earned it a little bit more because um, that is the steepest gradient of the day. I think it's around like 10%. Mm. And we got a, a toot and a woohoo from someone. Well, I thought like I knew them somehow, but I think it was just a random local. Yeah, I think there was just yeah giving giving you some support, so it was nice to give you that little, little bit of extra energy to keep you moving. Mm. It would be nice if where it goes uphill, there was a bit of a like a pavement because it's on the yeah. road where cars turn around a corner quickly. Yeah, and like a lot of cars use that because it is basically a shortcut into town. Yeah, um, and it's like there's a, a hard island in the middle, and it's like big curbs as well so there's mm. not really that much room on the road but it is a less convoluted way of getting into town than the bib i mean it's a, pretty much the same route but being on a bike it's it's pretty cruisy yeah and then finishing at the new southern terminus which is located near the visitor center and very very nice they were mm. still finishing off 
some of it when we were there. So mm. getting the photos or like trying to crop out the workers that were <laughs> yeah. on the side. But what a difference a year makes because I did it the previous year yeah. and finishing in Albany, the, you know, it was at the old terminus, which is the old train station. It was mm. so anticlimactic because, yeah. uh, you know, the, it, there's no visitor center there anymore and the people who are going to meet me didn't uh, show up. <laughs> <laughs> You rode too far. <laughs> but I agree, like, the new Southern Terminus is fantastic. Because when I finished the bib, like, there was just random people because it's a car park. Yeah. And I'm, like, trying to set my camera up to take a time photo of myself. And there's just randoms walking by, like, who's that person? What are they doing? Whereas it feels like an event now and there's more people around. Like, they may not know you or what you've done, but, like, they'll see a rider or a walker come in and it just feels a bit more special. Yeah. And the old Southern Terminus was really just two signs. It was the Bibbleman sign and the Mundabitty sign. Yeah. Whereas now they've built, like, a much more substantial sort of end statement. Mm. So I think that's... I think it's a great improvement. Yeah. And you received a medal for finishing, Aaron? I did receive a medal. Jane met us at the finish line and uh, managed to jump onto the... Uh, one of the merchandise websites and purchased a medal to, to, to deliver on the day. Um, she did actually reach out to Mark's partner and asked if uh, Mark would maybe <laughs> like this one. And the quick consensus between most of us was like, Mark wouldn't appreciate this. And it turns out maybe Mark would have appreciated this. Like, I wasn't disappointed. I was just like, oh, I guess I don't get a medal. <laughs> so <laughs> you were Chewbacca in this instance. Yeah, pretty much. Because yep. um, that was one thing I did... Like want to do I was like before we left, I was gonna order medals to send to Jen and then have them as a surprise for you at the end. I guess I'll just have to order my own really sad one. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, and I think we had that same conversation before I left with Jen, and we were yeah, everyone's like, no, nah, I'm not sure he's gonna like this. I did float the idea about getting a uh, Mundabitty cap for Mark to ride in, and I was quickly shot down and said, I don't like those caps, please don't. Well, cause so, I, I got you in the July Christmas in July Secret Santa. And you said you wanted one of those. And I was like, I'll get him one, but I'm not riding. And I don't really enjoy him wearing it while we're out riding. <laughs> it was on for the first few days. And then I think it would get brought out at, uh, around camp every now and again. But yeah, it's, uh, I actually found it this afternoon in a bag when I was uh, going through some stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I remember this cap. So yeah, that'll get framed and put on a wall someday, I'm sure. Yeah. I wasn't empty handed. I got a fridge magnet with a Mundabitty marker on it. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a, uh, yeah. Uh, no more needs to be said <laughs> um, but that is the final day so for me I mean I think I said this to you on the day this was my Tour de France final day riding into the Champs Elysees like I'd done all the hard work up until then and it was just a cruise to enjoy the final bit and that's kind of what it feels like because it's not really a physical day I mean I probably had like more muscle ache after some of the 40k days than i did that one yeah especially with the as you say with the with the difference in climbing um that does make that last day much more pleasurable and obviously by that stage we've got three three weeks of riding under our belt so the body wasn't feeling that bad um apart from that hill at the end it was which is nothing compared to some of the earlier ones it was yeah really nice way to to, to finish the day and how was it for you finishing? Because you actually chose to finish at the end this time rather yeah. than your bib end to end. Yeah, so I finished my bib end to end randomly at bailing up and it was such a crappy day of walking that I was just like, yay, I'm done. 
and I never want to do this ever again. Whereas I finished this and I loved it. It was it was a much better finish to finish in Albany mm. and to feel like it was it was done. You know, like so I I really enjoyed that as an ending. Yeah. And unlike the bib, you've actually gone on and done more of the Mundabiti after you finish your end to end. Yeah, that's yeah, and not out of necessity. Like I've done, you know, like Mount Cook multiple times since mm. finishing the bib, but that's just because there's not no way to hike sometimes, you know. Yeah. Um I I think as well for this last day, I expected it to be like the Game of Thrones meme, you know, of like it being like the badly drawn <laughs> ending. Just because you look at it and it looks it looks expedient rather than quality. Mm. But I thought it actually was not bad. You know, like it's actually much nicer than I expected. So I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think like we were blessed with really good weather and lighting as well. Like a, I think if you had a bit more of a grey Albany day, it might not be that much fun. But we had nice blue skies with clouds around. It was, I don't know. And there's something about like finishing a complete journey and just having really nice scenery around. Mm. It didn't feel like a slog or like the end of a tiresome journey. And I suppose having that rest day in Denmark helped a little bit because that would have been two weeks of solid riding from Nan up to reach there had we have not taken a rest. But I guess that gets us on to, like, we'll have a bit of a recap of our end-to-end because I've not really talked about it too much. Yeah, but- so I guess, you know, I'm I'm interested to hear about the journey because I was there on your first day and I met up with you guys sort of <laughs> just when you finished, but there's this huge gap of, you know, I've only heard the Mark Pybus version. <laughs> Which is all good, yeah? All, all positive, <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I've I've read the blog posts. I've, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about it through the podcast, but I'm interested to, to hear, I guess, you know, the journey. So I remember Mark mentioning that you guys had thought about doing it a few years ago, and then that didn't happen. So what, what happened there with that? I think it was just a bit of a random chat one day out, out hiking. It's like, I've got a mountain bike. I've heard of this thing. Maybe we should try and do it one day. But I don't think there was much more than just a, a general chat, really. No, I'm trying to remember back. I think it may have been actually pre-Billman days. So maybe then priorities changed, and I just wanted to get through that. Mm. But yeah, I don't like. And if you didn't start doing it last year, I don't think I probably would have two done years it ago. Now two years ago, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I would have had the impetus to do it. Okay. Because um, like I'd already like I'd done mountain biking before, and the Mundabidi was on the radar to do someday, but like not having a reference of how hard it was, like what gear I needed, that kind of stuff. So Mm. going out with you for a few sections kind of said, oh, yeah, I can do this quite easily. And then having all the gear from hiking anyway for the the camping part helped out a lot. Yeah. Cool. And Aaron, I know... Because I've I've run into you while road riding, like home. Yeah, you do a lot of commuting to work, yep. Yeah. Um, And so were you still doing that? in the lead up to this or was it something that you you used to do and you weren't doing it? No, I had, hadn't been doing it for a while. So okay. the, the bike had been put in the garage with the other couple of bikes. So yep. they were gathering dust and then there when Mark said, hey, let's, uh, let's worry about uh, trying to do this. It was like, okay, yep, better get the bikes out and get on. Did a bit of road training beforehand, but yeah, the mountain bike hadn't been touched for a long time. It was sort of purchased many moons ago as a, as a Christmas present to myself and yep. then sat in the garage. So... And did you buy a new bike, or was this an old, no, old bike? No, still, still the same bike. It had only been out a few times, so it was um, 
still had the uh, the Newcastle medal, as they say. So yeah, it was uh, <laughs> still still good to go. And just I guess, have you have you actually spoken, Mark, about what bike you have? Like, because you bought no. this for, just for this, didn't you? Well, yeah, I bought it because I was going to do it, and also like my old mountain bike was not good, was terrible, <laughs> and was broken. So I thought, well, I may as well try and buy one that's an all rounder. So yep. Yeah, I mean, I have a, a page on it with my bikepacking setup, but I have a Norco Storm 1 SE, which is buy from 99 bikes. It's very low-end kind of stuff. It's not the basic hardtail. It's, you know, a step up from that, but it was everything I needed yep. for it. I mean, it- you can spend thousands of dollars on bikes, but... yeah. I mean, as Jake that we had on for one episode, he did his on a $50 bike. He found <laughs> yeah. an eBay, so you don't need the best gear. Yeah, and it's a 1x11, is it? Or yeah, 1x11. One by 11. 1x11. One by um, it was a 1x9 by the end because I couldn't use <laughs> two of the gears. <laughs> yep. Um, but that's all right. I was probably going to walk up those hills anyway. <laughs> sure. Um, and yeah, just lucked out on all my gear. Like I like I did research and I knew what I wanted, but mm. until you actually get out there and use it, you have no idea. Um, I was just happy that I went with a saddlebag. Didn't really want panniers or a rack. It just didn't seem like the ideal solution. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I uh, yeah didn't have too many issues with gear other than one of the straps at the back snapped and hit me in the face when we were at Yarry Camp. So <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, wasn't funny at all. <laughs> yeah. And Aaron, what, what bike did you have? Uh, you I've got using? a giant hardtail as well, so 1x11 one, um, one as well. Yep. So very 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 similar running gear. Um, lockout front suspension, but I don't think that happened a lot really where you can lock it maybe for a bit of road riding when you, when you actually remember to do it. That yep. was a nice way to maybe uh, make the ride a bit cruisier. And you went with a, with a pannier set, set up? Yeah, went with, did a lot of uh, as you do a lot of uh, googling and research, and went with the found someone found someone who was riding basically full time um, around the world, and he has a, a rack with a backpack on the back. So rather than going the panniers, he went in the backpack that you could then take off as you needed to. So yep. sort of a hybrid in between um, traditional panniers versus the uh, the um, yeah the, the, some of the newer trends. So it was yeah worked out well. And I remember you had a lot of volley straps as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just uh, especially for the backpack, it's it's obviously they're not custom made. They're not like a pannier where it's meant to clip on. So a couple of uh, straps to, to tie it all together was uh, was the order of the day. Yep. Yeah. Uh, um, I remember on the first day that you lost <laughs> <laughs> you lost a pair of thongs. Yep. Yeah. And they had to go and pick them up. How often did that happen on the during the trip? I think it was just day one. I think by after day one they managed to find a home, and I think uh, I think later on day one I think I did I managed to return the favour and picked up Mark's thongs as well. So oh, okay. yeah. it wasn't an an isolated incident. We uh, day one there was a few learning curves to to find the best place to store things. That's for sure. Yep. Yeah, mine quickly got moved to the backpack. Um, but early on, I remember like we were, I think we were leaving Corinna. And you had like a triple decker set up on the back of your rack. <laughs> I was like, oh no, this is not going to work. But you end up ditching quite like this was like five kilos of gear. Had a guess, yeah. After I think night by two. Night, night two managed to put in the SOS call to, to Jen that afternoon and said, hey, what are you doing? It's a Sunday Ava. You got any plans? She's like, no. I said, cool. Can you come and meet me, please? So yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the Airbnb that night, we managed to uh, unload a lot of stuff that wasn't required. So that was a question I was going to ask. So I remember the first day that. It was a little bit of a struggle, I think that'd be fair to say. Um, do you feel 
that you had too much gear, and obviously, yes, you you did because you got rid of stuff. What did you th- did, what did you pack that you think was like? Oh, why did I bring this when you you unloaded it? I think some of it was more coming from a hiking mindset, like hey, from of an evening, I'm going to want hot chocolates and some of those luxuries. And ah, uh, when it came to packing, oh, I've got this shirt or that shirt. Oh, I'll chuck in a third just in case. It was like okay, all those just in cases, mm. they'll go. Yeah, that was the sort of stuff that disappeared that night. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So, I guess a question I had for you guys, because um, I think, Mark, your original plan, when you told me about it, I thought was extremely ambitious, like quite what? long kilometers at the start. That uh, makes two of us. Yeah. <laughs> so, I just, I just wanted to ask, what was the rationale behind that? And then, I, I know, Aaron, like you, on that first day, I think the sort of the reality was that it was probably a little bit more difficult, maybe than, not, I don't know whether it was more difficult than you were expecting, but it was more difficult than the plan had entailed what what was the, i guess for mark was the original rationale for that <laughs> and then how did you guys because uh, i guess because you, you guys ended up finishing on time didn't you yeah so the original rationale was we had nine months to train and i figured by then we were probably going to be all right um and knowing like that first section up to the top of like mount gungeon area like i knew that and that was going to be the worst of it i thought oh yeah we can probably do 77 k's to one gong that night um but then through a factor of like we had a really wet winter so i wasn't training during the day um aaron wasn't getting out as much as i thought he would and then just the reality of like, once you start riding, it's a lot tougher than what you expected. And I don't know, like the way it worked out was probably better because we were staying in Jaredale than dwelling up and we had time to recharge and refuel and everything. Whereas originally, I think we'd camp, we were planned to camp the first four nights or something with the stops in those towns being lunch. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean don't know how it would have worked out but i think how it went in the end i'm still quite happy with like, yeah no regrets stopping at Corinna that first night and then readjusting from there mm. it just meant we had to cut out the side trip into collie which i wasn't too fussed about anyway yeah. do you think that um you know in hindsight do you would you recommend that to other people that that this is a better itinerary than your like just pushing through the first few towns yeah i mean that first day is not easy especially if you've not done any training with like your fully loaded bike which i think we did one ride with a sort of simulated setup not everything um and then that first day like you can take it easy and like course cider house isn't too far away yeah you can leave later in the day you can have breakfast at mundaring weir hotel like we did and not have to rush through things so yeah i'd recommend Karinia night one my only reservation with that was like I'd heard the stories about how terrible it was, bogans crashing through, and like literally the gates look like a war zone. With, <laughs> it like, does. How much it's, there's they a get, trench and yeah, like <laughs> like how much they get ripped off, and then how much they've been repaired and trying to like curtail four wheel drives going into there. And like all afternoon, all we could hear was just dirt bikes all over the place. I'm just like, don't come here, don't come here. And then later that night, we heard voices from a distance. It's like, oh, no, it's come true. And no, (laughs) sure enough, it was uh, three other uh, gentlemen on mountain bikes. So it wasn't a a bad outcome in the end. Yeah, Yeah, cool. 
Um, so yeah, Carinha not as bad as what people say it is. It's a lovely campsite. I think it's just that risk because it is so close and because mm. the gates get pulled out that you just think, oh, this is definitely going to be a problem. But, um, you know, on that first day, you know, it is a tough day. How, when do you think you feel like you had the, the legs were in? Um, so the question I had for you, Aaron, was... For you. Oh, I was thinking about that early in the day. Um, probably by about day three, maybe, day three or four, sort of get into that routine and get, get that rhythm going, I think, yeah starts to get easier as you get through that first day or two. Yeah. I know um in hindsight, I know Mark wasn't too keen to be on the on, to be riding the path we'll be on. In hindsight, I would have probably preferred to ride that day one section un- unloaded one day before in training to get a feel for it to know what was coming, but we obviously we did a lot of other other training rides to to, to avoid that one, so Okay. In so hindsight, you, so you probably... guys did other trails rather than the the, the trail. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So you you would recommend that people maybe do the trail first day to get a feel for it. I think so. I think that day one ride ride to Carinia and even if it's unloaded, at least get a feel for it, and then yeah, obviously yeah, before you do get out there, ride it loaded as well. Yeah. Make sure yep. you've got all that gear on there. You don't have to, and that's what we did. Obviously, in in previous training rides, we've obviously hiked before and camped before. We didn't need to stay somewhere overnight. It was more about riding with that gear on the bike. Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Um, as as you guys, I guess, progressed and you got more, I guess, comfortable with the terrain, how did you guys travel in terms of time? And, like, I mean, did you guys have different rhythms and sort of, like, meet up at the end or, like, stop halfway and meet up together again? Or how did you guys deal with that? I don't think there was ever any, and I thought about this at one point. I thought this we probably should have had a plan for this, but it wasn't really anything mad, planned out where it'd be. Hey, if you don't see anybody for an hour, make sure you stop and wait. It was more of a right as you go. Mark would stop for all the photos. He'd generally be ahead. We'd catch up here and there. Um, there wasn't really any set plan at the at the start of the day to say, hey, maybe for lunch if we knew we we're going to be somewhere, that that would be the plan. But we'd normally be within eye shot roughly most of the day. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say we'd be within a couple of hundred meters of each other most of the time the only exceptions were leaving dwelling up you wanted to follow nanga road because like it wasn't a great section anyway and you're like well according to my app i can get to the where the trail is just by following this road so i'll do that and i pig-headedly like nope i'm not going to enjoy this section but i'm going to do it anyway and then like I had some comprehension issues at the mining gate <laughs> bit, <laughs> end yep. up finding you. Um, but anytime like we were separated for a long time, it was always pre-planned. So it was like, I'm going to leave the track here. I'll meet you here. Or like, you're going to take a different route into town or campsite. So that's fine. The only time I think you probably got worried was into Langbudja where I'd gone off to the kiosk at Wellington Dam and it had taken me a lot longer than I thought it would and you had parked your bike at a fallen tree and you're just like, well, I'll just walk back and you were walking for like two or three kilometres. Yeah, I think it was about 30, 45 minutes in the end yeah. just walking without a bike and I'm like, he's got to be here somewhere soon. <laughs> no, no, normally you walk for 15 minutes and you find him and I'm like, I know he's going to go get sandwiches for dinner tonight, so I'm going to be appreciative of this, but now I'm starting to get worried and then started <laughs> calling him a few times. I, I, I don't want to check the phone, but I reckon it might have been 10 or 15 sort of missed calls 
ringing out, no answer. I'm like, oh, this doesn't sound good. And the next minute he pops up. So all that worry was for, for nothing in the end. But yeah, that yep. was probably the only unplanned one where it was a bit bit, bit of a concern. Mm. Yep. But I mean, in terms of pace, we were like on the slower end of doing a Mundabidi end-to-end, um, which I was quite fine with because I was thinking about this the other day. Like if Aaron wasn't with me, I probably wouldn't have gone much faster because I was just, I was taking four or 500 photos a day. And if you like calculate how many times you have to stop and get going to take mm. that amount of photos, like it adds a lot of time to your day. Yeah. So like I, w- I would have hated to, like if we did the end-to-end together. As in you and I. You and I, I would have felt rushed and anxious <laughs> because <laughs> okay. I would have wanted to take a lot of photos. Whereas if you were on an acoustic bike, you probably would have powered ahead and would be waiting all the time for me. So yeah. It was probably good we went at that slower pace. Yeah. I, I, I actually agree with you guys. I think if, to do it, I am not a fan of rushing it for your first time through. Like, I think I prefer that people should spend more time and even, like, have days off, go explore other things, then rush through it. Because I think that you miss out on some of the, you know, there's a great sort of, like, tour of the Southwest feel to riding. And mm. that's something that you miss if you're just, like, pushing through. I mean... I'm, you know, depending on how um, how healthy my child to be is is, plan on doing a fast end to end, but I feel like that's a good as your second or third, not as your first. Um, so I guess while you guys were traveling and you know, like Alyssa and I sometimes have arguments. Were there any arguments along the way? I think yes, um, a little bit. Maybe not really. Yeah, I'm not so sure. Arguments. I know those first few days of replanning and, and trying to book accommodation and working out how yep. we can catch up on time because we did have accommodation booked later on. Trying to work through that, I think, was probably the the, the, the stressful situations. I think once that was resolved, mm-hmm. I don't think we really argued too much. No, like once I, it was mainly my issues of like I probably shouldn't have pushed us that hard at the start, and once I got over the fact that like this is Aaron's ride as well. Like I shouldn't be annoyed at him. Mm. Um, and we were like, had a set plan to get to, I think it was Donnybrook or Nanup whenever we had to get to accommodation. Like it wasn't, it was quite nice. The only issue I think we had was that day into Denmark where I was just like, yeah, I was just thinking about that day. Yes. Yes. I remember this this day. Like I, I, We'll accept a little bit of grumbling, but like, will you admit that I was correct in making that decision? Potentially in hindsight, but we <laughs> rocked up at lunchtime expecting, uh, and I'm thinking, all right, cool, this is the day done. <laughs> we're, 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 we are where we were meant to be. And then Mark pulls in a camp and says, all right, we'll be going in half an hour or something. And I'm like, oh, shit, this isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> this 45K day just turned into 90, and it's about to piss down. This doesn't sound like a good day. <laughs> we were looking so pretty as well until we got to Lights Beach, and like, you were looking at the sign for the Wow Trail, and I looked at the radar. I was like, yeah, let, let's not ride straight away. But in the end, it didn't matter. We were going to get rained on anyway. But... Oh, like that was my thought is I'd rather be rained on for two hours than the whole day. And that next day wasn't very pleasant anyway. It was all drizzly and terrible. Yep. So you agree that in the end, probably going into town was better, but in in hindsight, not at the time. In hindsight, definitely. Um, at the time, I think between... <laughs> 
<laughs> Mum and Jen, they probably both got text messages that weren't too pleasant about uh, what Mark had proposed for the rest of the day. <laughs> uh, I believe I believe Mark told me that the message was like bloody pie. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. I think Pi had a bit more of uh, more cell phone coverage while we're out there, so he may have been messaging the uh, the rest of the group saying, "Oh, yep, he's not happy." Fortunately, later that day, I did find a couple of nice doggos, so that did help me help calm me down a little bit. So, but yes, Mark soon rocked up to that uh, camp that day and said, "All right, we're going." And I'd been there about half an hour. I'm like, "Okay, I'm going now." Then see you, <laughs> and rode off. <laughs> found a nice dog and calmed down. Yeah. The word I would use was frosty. (laughs) (laughs) It was such a nice camp as well. We could have easily stayed there for the night. It's such a beautiful campsite, isn't it? Yeah. 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 We we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I gene myself up from that morning that we were doing 100Ks. Because, like, the couple we stayed with at Moona Bundock, they had done 100 and something Ks into that campsite. Um, Ailey, who. I talked about the end-to-end quite a few times while I was out there. Like she'd done 120 k's because she'd gone into war into Denmark and then backtracked. So I was like, "Sounds like a good idea. Let's do this." <laughs> <laughs> and then also like the just having like a rest day in Denmark really appealed to me because we'd only had the one rest day in Nanup, mm. and it was a good reset um, going into that final day. Uh, doing it as a complete end-to-end because I've only done it as a sectional. How how do you think that the experience would be different and what did you really enjoy about that? I might let Mark answer this one first since he has done one end-to-end and one sectional hiking. So so the thing I'll say is it's a different mindset in that like the time goes much longer when you're out doing a full end-to-end. Like that first week felt like a month because you're like here's my days you get to the camp at the end of the day you're pretty tired and you're like well i've got three four days to go and then that's nan up and i've got a rest day and i get to see my partner and then you then after that have two more weeks on the trail and it's just like when you're out there it's unfathomable that like what am i doing for this whole time um so three weeks on the trail felt like three months um and there's also like that abandonment of routine of I don't have to work. The only thing I have to worry about is getting to camp or getting to town, feeding myself, don't dehydrate, you know, enjoy the time. And it's, it's, it's such a release from everyday life because like, I don't know, it's like I could go through a week of work and it feel like a second, whereas like out there three weeks felt like an eternity and it's just like that slow down time. You're alone with your thoughts for quite a while. Like, yes, you can distract yourself with music and podcasts and talking to each other. But in the end, like, it's just you and your bike trying to get through the day. And like, I look back on these photos and, like, I just, like, not cry sometimes, but I get emotional. Like, today I was looking through them. I was just like, like, yes, like, I've done that. And that was a really big accomplishment. And I'm proud of that. Because this was the longest I'd spent out on the trail consecutively. And even some of the weeks on the bibs, like you get to the end, you know, like that's a long time. And but like people spend 50 days on the bib. So it's just another experience that I recommend people do just because like it, modern life is not easy. And there's like stresses and 
like all this pressure on you and just to escape that like for you know an hour a day when you feel like you know you've got nothing to worry about is is worth it mm. Aaron how about yourself yeah exactly the same as uh, the thing about these earlier today before coming on to get out of your routine for three weeks to not have to uh well I did open the work emails when I got to nan up for for, 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 <laughs> for the weekend but to get up and as Mark said the only thing you got to worry about is putting on a putting on some clothes making sure you got your water get to camp that night or, or town and refuel and go again it was um it's a nice way to, to spend three weeks. Um, early doors after those first few days, there wasn't much. Uh, we were discussing it at camp. It's like, wow, we've still got another three weeks of this. This is impossible. And by the time you get to week two and, and, and towards that back end, you're like, wait a minute, we've only got a few days left of this. How has how this gone so quick In by the time you get to the end? So to, um, to do it as an end-to-end, yeah, I would recommend, obviously, for those that are time poor, Try and do a week, week in, a, in one crack, and then do a a week the following year. We bumped into a few people out there that were doing it in that sort of fashion. So, but to to come into Albany and um and the sense of accomplishment riding into town that day, I think in that uh, riding up down that last hill, I think there was some uh, some tears in the eyes as you sort of you know that you're only a k or two from being done and actually achieving it, which was yeah massive. Yeah, especially after those first few days, for one of us, it might have uh, struggled and thought they might not uh, get through <laughs> get through a few days, let alone three weeks. So to to get to the end, it was um, yeah, certainly a massive sense of uh, accomplishment and achievement. Yeah, awesome. which a medallion was nice to uh, to, the, to then put around the neck, wasn't it, Mark? Wouldn't know. Wouldn't <laughs> I think I texted Harris um, that first night, being like, "Aaron's not making it." <laughs> <laughs> you probably weren't alone. I think I was. Uh, late on that first day I'm thinking I'm going to be at work on Monday how am I going to explain this 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 isn't how it goes to plan and I even joked about it on the Friday before leaving like yep if it doesn't go well I'll see you on Monday so yeah I'm like no I can't rock up Monday I've got to keep going so yeah it was um, a massive shock but yeah by the end of it it was obviously all worth it so can't complain at all still friends still talking so here we are proof of that hopefully awesome that was was the thing like i think i posted on instagram that first morning when we were at the having breakfast like the photo of us at the northern terminus like this could be a great adventure or the end of a friendship (laughs) (laughs) it turned out to be the uh the former so a question i have is um would you guys do it again first night when we finished i thought no chance there's no way i'm ever going to do this again i think by the, f- the the next night in the Airbnb, I was Googling trips on how I could do something similar. I mm-hmm. think we've peaked too early and done, probably gone in and done the, the, the best we can in WA. So I've already started looking at, hey, would you do it for a week? Do you go and make your own map out an adventure? So yeah, initial thoughts were, no way, I'm never going to do this again. I don't think I'll ever be able to do it end to end in three weeks like we did. Just booking off that much leave and planning ahead and not doing any other holidays, which at the moment obviously doesn't uh, doesn't mean much since you, you, you can't been hard to travel a lot anyway. <laughs> yeah, But yeah, I think potentially I've, I've thought about cherry picking and doing a week somewhere out there and, and, and doing doing the highlights. Do go do it do it casually, do it town to town and carry as little as you can and, and, and enjoy a week out there. So yeah, certainly I would go again. Yep. Mark? Well, we're already doing Donnybrook to Northcliffe soon anyway but uh if i was to do it again i'd probably do it solo and try and aim for 10 days or less so i think like because i've just this summer i've really started hitting the the bike pretty hard and i think that's achievable if mm. i train up properly yep and i guess final question is 
favorite sections and why? You go first. <sighs> favorite? The, I mean, anything with uh, with rail form, I did enjoy. Um, they were certainly some of the, the more pleasurable days. Um, I think for the whole three weeks, as much as it's not that exciting, potentially compared to others, I'd probably say the last day that we just touched on. I think knowing that it was coming to an end and the achievement and just getting through that was sort of uh, a, a nice highlight. I think uh, talking to Mark earlier today, some of the days are a blur. You, you sort of day three versus day six. Couldn't tell you what 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 we saw that day without Mark's seven hundred photos. Probably couldn't recall some of those, but yeah, there was um, certainly anything on that rail form was nice, and yeah, that last day was uh, was certainly uh, a, a nice way to spend the day. Yeah, awesome. Um, for me, day one's actually probably some of the best riding on the Mundabidi. Like, a, it's no. Like, apart from being close to Perth, it's no accident that I keep riding that section just because you've got nice single trails, lots of hills. Away from there, I would say... Once you pass the Northern Jarrah Forest, as much as I love riding through them, there's a lot of gravel. There's a lot of, like, logging areas in there. So once you hit, like, the Ferguson Valley that whole stretch through to Northcliff is pretty cool. Loved Yurikata. The day from Yurikata to Quokralot Beelup. Beela, sorry. Um, it's just like the combination of like pushing myself probably harder than I thought I would plus all the scenery. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, the last day was a highlight as well. It was just, there was just a lot to enjoy. And yeah. Like, we didn't get the best weather the whole time, but I think we got it pretty good. And yeah. I'm excited to see where the Mundabidi is going to go in the future as well. Mm. There's a lot of opportunity there. Yep. I think this is probably, like, where the bib was 20 years ago. And then they start, like, just honing in on little sections just to improve it here and there, and it just becomes a lot better. So I, I did say last question, but I will ask another <laughs> question, which is... Because you know my answer, but Bibbulmun Track versus Mundabidi. I don't know. Having not done a Bibbulmun end-to-end in one go, it's hard to say. But I think I'm still more of a hiker than a biker. Yeah, I think Mundabidi. I did enjoy travelling a bit further than I probably would on foot. Um, the campsites, I think, are probably an upgrade from... Uh, out there and uh, yeah, just to just to travel a bit further than what you probably would on foot was a was a nice way to go. Yeah, it's a it's a daunting daunting prospect to get started. As Mark said, we've got the bag, we've got the hiking bags, we've used to carrying our stuff, but to then try and put that on a bike is a is a bit of a daunting task to get started with. But yeah, I think probably enjoy that more than hiking. Yeah, I'd I'd say the same. Um, I've enjoyed the Mandavidi a lot more than the Bibbleman. And I think that the Mundabidi is actually less spectacular than the Bibbleman because the Bibbleman, because you're on foot, you can go into areas where there's dieback risk and it's a bit nicer. But, <laughs> but there's so, you know, every time it, it's a crappy section, you have to spend so long in the crappiness. Whereas on a bike, you can push through it so much faster <laughs> that I really appreciate. And, and like, you know, in the, we talked about in the last episode that 
you know, when you're traveling from Bunamandak to um, Jinang Bejabab, that day is like to me as bad as the the day from um, you know along Marin Road on the Bibbulmun. But because you've got the ups and downs, that there's like there's a fun aspect to it. You know, like if that makes sense. Like even even though sometimes the scenery can be crap, at least because you can have some fun with the ups and downs. Yeah, because oh, yeah. you're not running down a hill when you're hiking. Whereas if you're on a bike, you can get some speed up. You can you can get through those bits and enjoy that and have a bit of a thrill, and then maybe paddle up hill again. Yeah, do yeah. you not agree, Mark? My or? counter to this is <laughs> there were times on the Mundabidi where I was like, this is really nice, and a minute later it's over, and you're like, oh, that's it. Whereas when you're walking. Yes, when you're on a bike, you can stop and appreciate it. But like most of the time, you're not going to because you're always like, I need to keep moving. Whereas if you're walking, you're like, oh, I can look around and appreciate this. And like you get, it's. I think walking is more spiritual than riding. Riding is very monotonous. Like there's the, yes, walking, you do the step, step, step. But like the pedaling of the biking and having your heart rate elevated a lot more it's more of a physical slog um i think i don't know it's just of having a fully loaded bike being 30 kilos trying to keep that moving it's just a different beast to just keeping yourself moving on a hike okay no fair enough um because aaron you've not done a bibbleman end to end correct would you do a bibbleman end to end as your next project or would you rather do the mandabidi again Probably Mundabidi again. I'm not sure I'd ever be able to commit to that sort of time off work and, and, and want to um, be out there hiking f- for that long. I mm. think uh, being able to break it up on the on the bike and stopping in towns and seeing loved ones on the weekends or even just getting out for a week next time might be a, um, a nice way to, to feel that adventure side of, uh, of, of, of things. Yeah, cool. And how about you, Mark? Um, for me, I think a Mundabidi is probably more realistic, just given you could do it in... 10 to 14 days uh, depending on work situation if I got made redundant I'd definitely do a Billman end to end but just the the time commitment yeah. I think Amanda Biddy is probably a bit more feasible but if you didn't have that sort of limit then if you had a choice oh, I'd probably do a Billman end to end just because I haven't done one before yeah, but sure. I wouldn't go through a sectional end to end again just because I know what's out there. Yeah. Like the the mystery of the unknown is no longer there. So I probably wouldn't walk a few sections yeah. if I didn't have to. <laughs> and it's a bit logistically challenging to do do it all. So like ticking oh, it off the list. Not too bad these days. Like having mum and dad retired and living in the middle of the Billman's not too bad. I would still enjoy doing sections again at the Billman. Let's put it that way. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, well, thank you, Aaron, for coming in. I'm glad that we finally got you in, um, in spite of you know being uh, Mark's sidekick from day one of the, of the life of Pi. So yeah. yeah, it's been great to have you in and hear your side of this adventure. Thanks for having me. Um, obviously, yeah, been on the uh, featured on far too many photos on the on the blog and the web on the website. So now um, let's throw the voice onto a onto a podcast instead, so we can get it all out there now in the uh, digital domain. Yeah. Yep, awesome. If you hear him at a cafe or at the shops, go up and ask for an autograph, please. <laughs> <laughs> Only if he's wearing a fluoro backpack, will anybody yeah. know? Yes, yay to fluoro. <laughs> <laughs> no. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode or any other episode of Real Trail Talk, then please rate us on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on.
Ratings really help us to reach an audience, especially those who are looking to learn about the outdoors in Western Australia and Australia in general. If you had any questions or suggestions for future episodes, you can email us at realtrailtalk at gmail.com or contact us through our social media channels. Thanks again and stay tuned for our next episode.